Passau tui, watsau tui. This is Buccaneers Total Access with head coach Todd Bowles. Hey, that's a hell of a job coming down here being the good football team. Three-step drop, throws all the end zone. On ball, touchdown Tampa Bay. Mike Evans reaches up with one hand and grabs it in. Brought to you by Advent Health. No matter what helps you feel whole, swimming, laughing, or finding peaceful moments in your day, Advent Health is here to support you with world-class expertise and whole person care. Because feeling whole always begins at adventhealth.com. Fire the cannons! Now your host, Bucks team reporter Casey Phillips and head coach Todd Bowles. Welcome into the Todd Bowles Show. Casey Phillips here with head coach Todd Bowles. So I think what I discovered after Sunday's game is you must have been really good this year because I think you got everything you would have asked Santa for in that game. <laughs> Does that sound about right? It was good for that night. Yes, I'll take it. Santa was very good to us. Yes. How about just in general looking at this, the largest margin of victory this season and what it meant for this team of the way that this whole game went, the complimentary nature of it. What did it say to you about knowing, especially after the Packers game, that the trend that's happening, that it's not just these one-off flute games, that it feels like the the direction you guys are going is where you want to be in December? It shows the growth throughout the season. You know, the games we lost in the middle of the season, we're now winning. Those guys are playing together. The mistakes are cut down a lot, and they're, they're playing for each other. Did you view this game as even better than the Packers win in your mind? It's better because it was the last one before the Packers. <laughs> <laughs> you try to take the last game and take it and make it the best game, and we came out with a win. That's all that mattered. Was it clean? No, but at this time of year to come out with wins in December and keep piling them up is important. I thought about how you guys scored five touchdowns off turnovers in the first 14 games, and then you got three just in that game. Did that feel like a sign of the way that it's the most complimentary football that you guys have been playing to the state? It was because of the way they played. You know, offense cashed in, defense got it back, offense cashed in, special teams played well, and it was it was a complete game for the most part. Some things we want to clean up at the end to finish it, but we can be better there. But for the most part, it was a complete game. And I know that uh, Baker, I mean, this is just one of those games that I feel like was sort of quintessential Baker in, in so many ways. Um, what does it say to you about what you saw in this game in particular and then just his play so far in the month of December? And having a heck of a month, having a heck of a year for us, uh, playing very well right now. Everybody wants it. He wants it. We all want it. Everybody's playing for each other. He's making the right reads, the right throws, um, taking what they give him, making plays when he has to make plays. He, he's being he's being a true professional. He's now joined Tom Brady as the only players in franchise history with at least 25 passing touchdowns in their first season with the Bucks. So to think about knowing that whether fair or not, he was going to get compared to Brady and what it's like to succeed a guy after that and to see a stat like this, that now they're the only two that have done something here with the franchise. What have you seen about just his sort of mental and emotional toughness coming into a situation that would have been very challenging, I think, for a lot of quarterbacks to succeed a guy like that and to be in a position to be sharing a stat with him like that? Well, first, I won't put anybody in Tom's category. Tom is has his own Mount Rushmore, Tom is all by himself. But what Baker is doing right now for himself, as well as the team, I, I don't compare it at all. I compare it as him coming in here, playing very good football, uh, being where we're supposed to be, helping our team win. Uh, Tom is etched in stone. I, you can't even comment people with Tom in the same breath, so I refuse to do it. But Baker has created a breath of his own, a life of his own, a life for our team, and he's doing very well. 
So Mike Evans now has 13 touchdown catches on the season, and when he got his 12th, that was the fifth time he's had 12 or more in a season in his career. He's just the fifth player in NFL history to do that, joining Hall of Famers like Jerry Rice, Randy Moss, Marvin Harrison, and Terrell Owens. Every time we have a stat with him and the names we now see that he's up against, it's incredible. Specifically when it comes to all the stats like that with the touchdowns, he's leading the league in receiving touchdowns at this point in the season, one short of his own franchise record for a single season. Why do you think this year in particular he's been able to find the end zone so many times? It's clicking. Everything's clicking. Everything is new. New offensive coordinator, uh, new quarterback, new scheme overall. I think him and Chris again moved around a lot more. And same success he's been having, but finding different ways to get open. And I think that's important. I think it's fun for him. I think it's challenging for him. And I think he's rising to the occasion. Uh, take us through his two touchdowns in the game and what he did well. Oh, he gets open. Believe me, he, he has a stick move and a dead leg that he can make a DB fall asleep and come back and make plays. And on both of them, he's a, he's a very deceptive route runner. I don't think he gets enough credit for his route running and his intelligence of the game, of understanding what's being done to him. And he gets himself open and Baker finds him every time. Now, also in this game, there were five different okay. receivers with at least 25 yards. What have you seen in terms of the chemistry between Baker and a lot of different guys on the team and then even just what this offense has kind of evolved into where early in the season it felt like it was you know Baker to Mike Baker to Mike and you know Rashad getting some touches there to see how many different unique guys are, are now getting involved what do you think has led to that what does it say about both the offense and Baker well the offense has evolved and it's still evolving but everybody's finding their role and their niche in the offense i think everybody's getting comfortable with the scheme i think dave's doing a great job of getting people open uh we have a good balance now with run pass that's both are working for us right now and everybody's kind of understanding and playing faster because they're smarter we saw Payne durham uh an incredible amazing over the shoulder catch and it's a, another big one that he's had both of them just right down in there by the goal line um what have you seen on, on a couple of those big receptions for him and just what you think his future could be as a part of this offense that's why we got him he, he was a big red zone target in college and he has a great length in his frame he has a great catch radius and when he's down there he can catch the ball so as you see him coming into his own I think he's got a very bright future. I think he's going to be an outstanding tight end, and I'm really happy he's here. I know also you guys converted 52.6% uh, <clears throat> of your third downs on offense, tied for the best percentage since the start of the 2018 season. What did you see that went well there? Everything was clicking. You know, everything was clicking. Guys were on point. We played fast. The ball was coming out of his hands fast. The line gave him time. We were making plays. Casey Phillips here with head coach Todd Bowles. Um, all right, so man, last time you guys shut a team out in the first half was the Germany game last year. Um, and you guys also only allowed 84 net yards, which is the fewest in the first half allowed this season. So what was working so well for you guys on defense? I think we were mixing it up pretty good. Kind of got him out the run game and, you know, he hadn't practiced all week. So we gave him some different looks, try to confuse him a little bit. And the guys were making plays. I mean, Devin made a play, Winfield making plays. Yaya made plays, Levante was making plays, everybody was making plays. And I know that uh, four turnovers forced, that's got to be just the dream scenario for you guys out there on defense. Um, first time you guys have had at least a plus four turnover margin in over two years, created a couple interceptions when Lawrence had only had two in the last five games combined. So um, first game since week three, you guys had multiple interceptions and takeaways there. So what did you see as the things that specifically when it came to taking the ball away were going so well? 
this guy's locked in the focus. We're actually catching the ball now. You know, we, we and we dropped two still, but we, we're catching the ball now. Guys are understanding where they need to be, the urgency of how we have to win and the games that we need, and they're coming through. And uh, take us through um, Devin's interception. I know now two of his three career regular season interceptions have come against the Jaguars. So apparently <laughs> he's, a, he's a fan of intercepting when they uh, come to town, including his first career interception that came against them. So what worked well on that play? He had a heck of a disguise going, and he sprinted back to his drop. I don't even think Trevor saw him, and Devin had great hands. He reached out for it and made a heck of a play. If he'd have kept his balance, he might have scored. And then I know that uh, this is the second game this season where Antoine has at least a sack and an interception. Only he and Steelers linebacker Alex Highsmith have done that twice this season. So uh, let's start with his interception and what Antoine did well there. He made a play. We knew he was going to overthrow some if we had tight coverage. We talked about it all week. He made a heck of a play. Heck of a play. Just to know that his career numbers at this point he's just starting to every week there's new categories and things that we're talking about oh he's the only guy to do this he's the first guy or the second guy to do this so he now in this game set a new career high for sacks picks and fumble recoveries on a season Um, and he's the first defensive back since 1999 with at least five sacks and force fumbles in a single season when you hear stats like that you think about the dbs that have played this game since 99 what does that say about not only him but the way your defense works well for him kind of this partnership that you guys have the way you set him up for success and then what he's able to do to finish to get those numbers his versatility is amazing I mean he can do anything that he wants to do so we kind of use him all over the field when we can and he's just a heck of a football player I'm not taking any of that credit I'm giving all the credit to him his father probably should take most of it because I'm sure he's watched him growing up for a long time and he was a heck of a player so we're just blessed to have him here we're blessed that he continues to be a pro and practice like that every day and plays like that every game yeah, and we, we love reminding everybody that he's the Walter Payton nominee for the team this year. And um, for, for you guys to have such a stud player on the field also be a guy you would want to nominate for something like that, what's the impact that can have on a team and on a locker room when it's the combination of both being incredible on the X's and O's and who you want off the field? I mean, it's huge, especially for the young guys coming in, teaching them how to be a pro, not to get too big-headed always work on their craft, be good on and off the field. It's a very good it's a very good role model point for the young guys coming in going forward. And then now speaking of young guys, you got Kalijah Kansi got his uh, he has 10 tackles for loss this season which leads all rookies. Uh, what have you seen in his growth particularly in that area knowing that some of these are coming in the run game where some people said oh he's an undersized defensive lineman maybe you have to sub him out on these rundowns where have you seen the growth specifically for him in those areas his biggest improvement's been the run game understanding blocking schemes and taking on double teams and coming popping back up and still finding a way to make plays have been huge for him so he's coming he's coming into his own and I expect a lot more I know that now what I love is so he was the leading rookie for tackles for loss. Yaya, second place among rookies for tackles for loss. To have both of those guys on your team and, and kind of what that means for the future of this defense, what does that say? And, and how knowing, especially both of them even missed time either for injury for Kalijah or Yaya wasn't necessarily getting all the snaps some other people did earlier in the season, to see the numbers the two of them are producing at this point. It's kind of what you're looking for. Uh, great competition up there. They're very good friends as well, and they set each other up for success. And Hopefully that turns into something that can be around here a long time. Yaya also now got his first career force fumble thanks to his strip sack of Trevor Lawrence. He recovered it. Also, take us through that play. 
Yeah, yeah. When he gets going full speed, it's hard to stop him. We had a stunt going on. Uh, there's a lot of guys and a lot of movement going on in there. And if you give him a crease, he's going to blow it up and make it happen. And that's what he did. And he's now leading the team in sacks after getting a one and a half in this game. Where have you seen his growth, particularly when it comes to his pass rush and some of his different moves? We've known all along he had the athleticism. So what have you seen in terms of some of the, the mental side and his approach, particularly in pass rush? It's really been his get off. Coach Edwards does a great job working with him on his get off. That's kind of been the only thing holding him back. He was already fast and could run, but his get off wasn't that sharp. He doesn't have any wasted steps on his get off anymore, so he's getting back there pretty good. Casey Phillips here with head coach Todd Bowles. Uh, we were talking about Yaya's many tackles for loss, sacks, all of it. One of his tackles for loss, which lost you know ten or twelve yards on the play. In that moment, that made them at a negative rushing yard total at that point in the game. And you guys only allowed 37 net yards rushing by the end of the game, um, which is your fewest allowed since week four of the 2021 season. So what did that say to you about your run defense and, and the game situations you guys were able to put them in? Well, we're getting better. Yeah, yeah, made a, I think he made a play early in the year on a reverse just like that. He made another play like that. People don't understand he can run. He's a four or five guy. He can get back there and he can run people down. But again, we got ahead, you know, when you get ahead and people have to play from behind, you're not going to get as many runs. So, but the run defense has steadily gotten better. We got to keep working on it and keep getting better from that standpoint. But I thought 37 yards to make him one dimensional was pretty good. And uh, we saw Levante get a sack. He now has four and a half on the season, which is his most in a season since getting five in 2016. It just feels like he's turning back the clock and, and some of his stats, it looks like so much earlier in his career of, oh, he hasn't done this since that year. Um, specifically when it comes to his sack numbers this year, what have you seen as why this year has kind of brought him back to some of those earlier totals? We've been blitzing Devin a lot. Everybody knows that they're going to turn everything to 45. So we just started unleashing 54 and letting him climb up. So now they got to kind of pick and choose their poison right now. And they still been choosing 45. So we've been going with 54. Works for me either way. Yeah, whoever it is, that's going to work. Um, we saw Zion force a fumble. Um, and I know also you had him playing a little bit at safety early on when both Carlton and Jamel were healthy. And you had mentioned throughout this last week of, hey, you think of him as a starter regardless of who's healthy and that it's almost like he's kind of made it like, yeah, we got to find ways to put him out on the field. So take us through the decision of playing him there and how he looked for that brief time that he was in that role. It was a good role for him because Ingram is just like a wide receiver. So they kind of have four receivers on the game. So we needed another guy and he's lengthy and fast enough and he's a very heady football player. And like, we're going to play him because he's one of our best players on defense. It's just a matter of where we can find a place to play him. And that's a great problem to have for coaches. But he's in there and he did a great job when he had to cover him. Then when Carlton went out, he went back to corner. So that kind of ended a lot of that. But we have a lot of plans for Zion. And tell us about his forced fumble and what he did well on that play. I can't believe he forced one. He got, <laughs> he got a good hit, first of all. He got a good hit. I thought Izzy kind of punched in there, too, but they both got a good hit and put their head in there. As nice as he is off the field, he comes ready to play on Sunday, and he has a different men demeanor and mentality, and I like it. I like that. Um, it felt like there were very few penalties, at least until closer to the end of the game. Do you feel like, in general, you've seen progress in that area over the course of the season and kind of the overall idea of not beating yourself, playing a little bit cleaner. How would you evaluate that aspect? It had gotten better. It gotten better. I thought the last part of the fourth quarter was sloppy. We need more composure on both sides of the ball and we got to close the game out. And then for you guys knowing the message to this team that 
you now have the ability to clinch the NFC South. And it has been a sort of playoff scenario for several weeks now in a lot of ways. Um, do you ever worry about trying to be able to maintain that intensity when it's almost like it feels like the playoffs have been going on for weeks on end before you even get to that point? And just overall, what is the message you have about the mentality and the approach to this next week's game? It's no different. It's a playoff game for us. It's to get in. Uh, division opponent, obviously, we're trying to win the division. We got to beat them to win it. No different. We got to play with composure. We got to study. We got to work our way up to Sunday, and then we got to come out ready to play. And this next game is on New Year's Eve. So are you a New Year's resolution guy? I stopped about 10, 15 years ago. Yeah. So if you were to make New Year's resolutions for your team, what do you feel like it would be of the things that you'd say, this is what I want to see over these next few weeks from them? Keep doing exactly what we're doing, and that'll be good enough. Facing the Saints, it feels appropriate. This is the team you would face to try to clench the NFC South with the history of these two teams. Does it feel a bit like a unique sort of rivalry matchup between these two at this point? It's always tough. I know that much. It's always tough. Uh, turnovers win ball games. Either side wins ball games. We know they're going to be ready to play. We'll be ready to play. And, you know, we want the fans to come out and cheer as loud as they can, and we're going to try and get it done. Looking at the Saints, what are the biggest either similarities or differences you see in them as compared to the first matchup? They do some things on defense, just like we do on defense. Have some very good veteran players over there. Mario Davis, Tyron Matthew. Obviously, Lattimore is hurt, but you know they got Jordan over there. And offensively, you still got to handle Kamara. Kamara still top-notch running back. You got Olave over there. You got Shahid over there. And you got Carr that can throw the football. So it's, it's going to be a challenge. Huge offensive line. They know us, we know them, and, you know, we got to be ready to play. What are the biggest things that when you look at their offense and our defense, where do you see some of those matchups being the most important and some of the strength on strength or, or ways that you feel like it's going to be the most challenging? They're all important. It's, it's going to be strength on strength all over the field. They have playmaking receivers. Our corner's going to have to play. They can run the ball. Our backers going to have to play, and they have a big line, so our D-line's going to have to play. No different than the offensive side of the ball. It's going, it's going to be a tough game. You know, we know that, and nothing's going to be given to us, so we got to go out and win it. And then how about on the other side of things, looking at their defense, what are some of the biggest things that you feel like you've learned watching as our offense has grown and changed over the course of the season? What are the ways that you feel like that could end up matching up better against their defense than maybe the first time around? Hopefully execution early and starting fast. You know, Saints are a very good football team. They don't let you get going. They keep you all balanced for quite a while, and you have to try and figure them out. I think Dennis does a great job schematically, and those guys play the scheme very well. And, and before you know it, they can get turnovers. So offensively, we got to take care of the ball but not be conservative at the same time. All right. Well, Coach, as always, thank you so much for your time. We really appreciate it, and I uh, hope your, your New Year's game goes well against the Saints. Thank you. Coming up next on Buccaneers Total Access, we will have Offensive Coordinator Dave Canales. Brought to you by Advent Health, this is Buccaneers Radio. Buccaneers Total Access, brought to you by Advent Health. Pressure coming up the gut, and Prescott goes down. He's sacked for the first time of the game. Devin White, linebacker blitz. Now more with head coach Todd Bowles and Bucs team reporter Casey Phillips. Welcome back into Buccaneers Total Access, brought to you by Advent Health. First half of the show, we had head coach Todd Bowles. Now I'm so excited to be joined by offensive coordinator Dave Canales. Coach, thanks for being with us. 
Thanks for having me. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. And man, I uh, I said this to Bowles at the top of the show. I feel like you also must have been good this year. Santa gave you all of what I imagined you would have asked for for that game. Is that accurate? I know. I wasn't really expecting much on Christmas morning after a win like that. So Yeah, that was um, it. You it got was, all, all yeah, you deserved. <laughs> it was fantastic. I was like, oh, I'll have a Coke. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's amazing. And I mean, man, at this point, the offense, I just have to imagine it's got to be such good vibes for you guys in your meetings right now. These last four wins and you guys are clicking so well. What do you feel like it is as you look back on the start of the season to now, what has transformed this offense as of late? Yeah, I think there's a couple of cool stories happening um, within the group. You know, first and foremost, it's a new system, new to everybody. Um, Baker probably came closest to having some type of experience um, with what we were trying to do. And, you know, just with a couple of weeks in, in L.A., but our offense really isn't like the Rams, there's just some similar terminology that we use. So um, so the first part of it was was really learning what do these words mean? You know, we practice them all camp, but then you start to become something. You start to become, you know, what you're comfortable with and how you can execute. And, you know, we were able to come out the shoots three and one, really making some big plays, you know, and, and the talent showing up, but it really wasn't clean football um, other than we were taking care of the ball. For the most part, and um, we're pretty pretty penalty free early on, so that gave us a chance, and our defense was playing well. And then I think we saw the middle of the season really when the dust settled. It was like, okay, here's a young group. We got a lot of young players. We got players in new positions. We got older players in a new system, and that's where the challenge really hit us. You know, square between the eyes. It's about fundamentals and details. It's about these types of runs. It's about these types of passes. And, and that's where we really had to fight to find how are we going to run the ball. And Goody, Joe, and the whole run pod, the group that gets together, did a fantastic job of saying, who are our people up front? What blocking schemes fit them best? What runs does Rashad look confident and decisive on, um, you know, how do we format these runs so that Baker can handle all the different formational adjustments and all that. So it really started with the run game and really the attitude we were looking for, um, the Bills game, you know, the intensity, the confidence, the aggression, um, the way that Rashad was hitting some of the runs. We still missed a few, but Really, penalties kind of took us out of seeing what that could have been because I felt physically like they were ready to go, um, but really overshadowed by a day where we were playing from behind and then we started throwing it some. Um, but from that point on, we really started to find an identity. And as we've improved in the run game, teams have started to deploy defenses that try to stop the run. They started playing instead of saying, hey, let's just take Mike Evans away. They got nothing else. All of a sudden... We found ways to use Rashad throughout the time. Chris throws in his plays. Here comes Cade. You know, Houston was another day where it kind of came together for us, you know, in all the different phases of our offense. And so the run game really allowed that balance to open up to make defenses have to respect the run game to give us favorable plays, favorable looks down the field. And then that's when we started seeing some more explosive passes and things. And now we've kind of been in this nice rhythm of, here are the ways that we can take advantage of both. Let's protect our formations. Let's protect our personnel so that we have this 
this attack that they go, well, they've done all the things. They've done screens, runs, and passes from this formation. We got to be ready for all of it. That creates the little bit of hesitation you need to be able to take advantage. And I feel like that's where we've been now. Um, and particularly the last couple of weeks taking care of the ball and playing championship football. Yeah, and it absolutely has been incredibly fun to watch. We're talking to offensive coordinator Dave Canales. Um, let's talk a little bit more about Baker. Now, I know that it's an incredibly difficult situation to follow Tom Brady, right? That's that's challenging oh, yeah. for anybody. And now I love that this stat came out that he and Tom are the only players in franchise history with at least 25 passing touchdowns in their first season with Tampa. Yeah. And to hear that he has overcome whatever those kind of expectations or pressures would have been, we've seen the way that he mentally, emotionally approaches the game, firing everybody up. He's, you know, putting his head down and running when he needs to. All of the things that are the attitude and leadership that come with it. Yeah. Um, plus what he's been doing X's and O's wise. I'd love to know for you what stands out on each of those sides of who he is from an attitude and leadership standpoint and then what you've seen from an X's and O's standpoint that he brings to this offense. Really confident and belief in himself. Um, this is something that I was asked last week is there's a comparison now with Gino following up Russell Wilson, who was one of the greatest performing quarterbacks of all time when you look at the statistics and the wins here we go in a similar situation and i think the similarity there with gino and baker is this confidence and belief in themselves and this commitment to daily growth it just doesn't really allow for any of the other side stories you know um tom brady greatest quarterback of all time like we come in here we say it that's what it is the cool part is i got a lot of guys who have been around so we can borrow things that they tried to do in the past um, to help shape and mold things for our guys that were here with him. Um, but beyond that, really, it's just been about us. It's been about our system. It's been about getting our football right. And Baker has been kind of spearheading that process. And I really feel like he's been ready to go now for quite a while. And But it takes a whole group. And as the whole group has come alongside of this guy who's who's got a plan, who's intense, um, who's engaged and and really will do anything it takes to win. And that passion marries with the assignments, the details, the timing, and all those things. I feel like this is just coming at a great time for us. And, and he's been a steady force right there, you know, for us, especially going through a four-game loss, you know, the the span that we saw there, you know, in the middle of the season where he didn't waver. Um, and I could see him struggling with it, but it was just like, hey, let's invest in these guys. Let's invest in this group and let's have some grace and humility. We were all there at one point. I'm there now. I'm a first year coordinator taking my lumps as we go. And so as we offer grace, as we offer that humility every day, then it can keep us all on the same track so that when we do start playing well together, our relationships are still intact. And that's what I saw this whole group across the board do is the good and the bad. We've stayed together. We've won and we've lost together. Um, and now we get to continue to push forward into these meaningful games in December together. And another guy that knows how to do it in the meaningful games in December, Mike Evans. And every week it's been a, a stat of some sort that it's always oh, now moved up this list in all time NFL and this list. And now he's leading the NFL and receiving touchdowns and he's got 13 on the season. So now it's the fifth time he's had at least 12 in a season in his career. Only other people who have done that are Jerry Rice, Randy Moss, Marvin Harrison, Terrell Owens. Like you just, names like that are always in conjunction with Mike. What is it about him, particularly in the end zone, and then even at this point in his career, where an age that a lot of times wide receivers are just not putting up the numbers that he is, why is he still consistently playing at the level that he is? 
Yeah, I mean, uh, first thing I think about is just high football IQ. So he he has a way to evaluate what the coverage is, and you got to imagine too. This is a guy who's seen double coverage for a long time now. You know, maybe not early on, um, but as he's become Mike Evans, that's just what teams do, and they're going to try to add another defender. So he kind of has to feel like what's the leverage of this corner, what's the leverage of this safety and this backer, and then. And then he just finds a way to win at the end of the route. So it just gives the quarterback that confidence to know he's going to separate. Let me be on time here and let's see what he's doing. But um, so his IQ from that standpoint um, and then and then just this uh, competitiveness that he has, um, regardless of what the game is, whether it's trivia or whether it's shooting hoops or um, whatever, or throwing darts in the in the hallways, you know, in the preseason game against the Jets, we went a couple days early and he's going to be in the finals. Like he's going to find a way to win the game. Um, so the gamesmanship, um, the F, the football IQ, and then the consistency, you know, that's just who he is. That's what I do. He'll say that, you know, like just celebrating with the guys and just kind of, you know, um, this confidence that really brings everybody else along. Like it makes everyone else want to make a big play too. When you look at for you as a first-year coordinator, getting to have Mike Evans and Chris Godwin. What were your thoughts when you kind of looked at this and what those two guys were able to do, both in terms of the gift that it was to you of having such talent, but then the challenge of, you know, knowing how much teams are going to focus on these guys, how do you try to get multiple of them going all at once as you're also trying to develop the run game? So what were some of those challenges and then also the ways that you feel like you have grown in that area and that you guys have all kind of figured each other out to maximize both of these great weapons you have? Yeah, I think um, the the best thing you can ask for as a coordinator is to have a focal point. So um, it's not always the worst thing in the world to be a little bit predictable. And one of the predictable things about our offense is we're going to try to get Mike Evans the ball. Well, that creates a starting point. And then you say, based on what they do defensively, they're going to try to stop him in a couple of different ways. Here's the answer for everybody else as we fit into what that is in the pass game. You can take advantage of that also in the run game. So, um, so that was that was a cool challenge for me. Not, I wouldn't necessarily say a challenge, but more so just an awareness to have of what are the strategies that teams try to use. Um, and then Chris, you know, just having Chris in the right spots to complement what teams do there. Um, and and for sure for me, you know, the the pressure, if you will, you know, is now how do I try to make that come to life? And it's just about the work that goes in earlier in the week with the staff to say, as we build these concepts that fit our quarterback and his rhythm, let's make sure that Mike and Chris are the focal point and the feature of these things. So we have to formation things appropriately and really put the stress on ourselves early in the week. So when I get to the game on Sunday, now I can just call these plays that fit the scenarios and rhythm and how they come to me. And I don't have to overthink or try to be some type of gurus like no these plays are built really well based on having these features and then as we've gone Rashad emerges with all this ability in the pass game and the run game you know and then Cade's got his deals that he adds and then we got these using uh, DT you know Devin Tompkins in ways using Trey Palmer and his speed and so really just trying to like round that out um, with the group. All right, we're going to take a quick break here on Buccaneers Total Access, brought to you by Advent Health. We'll be right back with Offensive Coordinator Dave Canales. This is Buccaneers Radio. You're listening to Buccaneers Total Access with head coach Todd Bowles and Bucks team reporter Casey Phillips. Brought to you by Advent Health. 
Welcome back into Buccaneers Total Access. We are here with offensive coordinator Dave Canales. Um, man, this last Sunday, you guys converted uh, 52.6% on third down. That's tied for the best percentage since the start of the 2018 season here. Uh, what has really developed in that area in particular that you're proud of? Um, first, let me give Brad Edzik some props. So um, third down, this is his baby. And um, the way that Brad and I have you know developed over the years in Seattle is is really we got to say okay let's let's look at what plays the quarterback looks confident on his back foot that back foot is planted and that ball is coming out so then we have a starting point for hey he sees these concepts he loves them then our job is to say okay well we can't just line up the same way we can't put the guys in the exact same spots and just think that defenses aren't going to evolve to take those things away. So we've had to get a little bit creative with different combinations of receivers, utilizing David Moore, Trey Palmer, Devin Tompkins, you know, the, the, the staples being Mike, Chris, Cade, Rashad. So we have those guys. Where do we put them? And then where do we fit off of them with everything else? Um, and so I, I really just like, this is, you know, Brad kind of throws himself head first into it. Um, and then I'm kind of always catching up with the different experts that we have on our staff. So I'm looking at the whole thing. And then I, I have a, a big kind of a bulk cut up that I watch that gives me the general information and the style of defense that they're playing. And then when I sit down with Brad or Thad Lewis in the red zone, or I'd sit down with Goody and Joe and, um, you know, we're talking about John Van Dam, who really is the guy that ties in the run game and the pass game. But I sit down with Brad and he says, okay, now here's how they play bunches. Here's how they play stacks. This is what they do in empty. Okay, if we have these types of splits, this is a leverage that we get. So we start there and then we make it come to life with the people and making sure that those words are like dialing Baker Mayfield's home phone number, you know, his, his cell phone number. It's like, Hey, these are right in his wheelhouse. So, um, I think the chemistry with all those things coming together. And then I think just with time, our guys growing comfortable with how many different formations and deployments we put them in timings of motions, all those little things, it's hard stuff. It's really hard. It's taxing. Thursdays are like, they're the grace we call it grace day grace day thursday grace day thursday because it's this huge kind of like you know melting pot of first and second down and then we have our third down focus we also throw some red zone in there so it really taxes the guys and you can feel that stress as we go out there it's a good thing you know because they have to study when you put stress on them they have to look at it and study it and um and so i really can attribute that to um the nuances, but then the guys really saying, I see what we're trying to get done here with these formations and really buying into it. And I know you brought up the red zone. How do you feel like you guys are in terms of, as you look at the course of the season, the progress you've been trying to make in that area when it comes to getting the, the seven instead of the three? Yeah, uh, biggest thing, run game. So best red zone teams in football every year are the best run teams. You'll, it'll be, I can put a blindfold on it and say, tell me who the best rushing teams are in the NFL. Somebody says, oh, it's the Baltimore Ravens they're probably number one or number two in the red zone. Uh, it's the Niners. They're probably number one or number two in the red zone. So our run game really taking a life of itself has gotten us the ball inside the five, and that's where we're deadly. That's where we have a multitude of different things we can do with Mike, Chris, Rashad, different uh, attacks in the run game, different attacks in the pass game. So that's really the biggest difference to me 
Um, you know, teams to say that you're going to go into the red zone and just be a drop back pass team coverage is really good down there. Teams are fantastic at what they do. They usually have a belief, a philosophy of how they defend stuff. They communicate really well. And all this time screens and runs are available. So, um, that's really kind of been the key for it. We're talking offensive coordinator Dave Canales. Um, you brought up the the run game multiple times. Of course, we've seen an incredible growth in that. It's been really fun to watch. And you talked about crediting, you know, Coach Goody with coming up with what was making everybody feel comfortable. What are the things that you've seen in terms of what Rashad specifically has done a little differently in his game, and then the offensive line that we knew was just so I, I equated to this time of year like a snow globe. It had just been shaken up, and all these new yeah. people, different places, and trying new things. The areas that you've seen some of the individual guys on the offensive line or them as a group evolve in and what Rashad has been able to do too. Yeah, you talk about first and foremost starts with the offensive line and talk about chemistry right off the bat. So, you know, you flip Tristan over to the left. Luke goes to right tackle where he played a lot of his college career. So now you got these guys in, in new spots and then it was Filer, then it became Stinney. Hainsey's been the, the guy in the middle kind of getting it all directed. And then Cody has just developed his, his details, his fundamentals, really like the most improved player that we have on our offense is Cody Mock. And it wasn't a lack of talent. It was just a matter of familiarity, technique, and then the chemistry of those guys individually improving, but then working together, communicating together. And then I would say the same thing for Rashad. It was just a matter of him feeling the different run types, us learning these are better for him, and then also teaching him these are staples Here's how they're supposed to be run. And then I've seen his confidence, his aggression, um, the explosiveness come out of him, you know, and, and really be able to, you know, take those finishing runs late in games. You know, how many weeks have we seen this now where he's, you know, pops one out at the end and he's sliding or taking knees, you know, and to have that kind of finishing mentality. Well, it was hard to get to the finish mentality when we still had so much to learn. So that's really what I've seen our group really come together. That's great. And the tight end group, we've definitely gotten to see them on display in recent weeks and uh, even more of them than normal. We know Kate Otten, this guy has been playing like 99.9% of the snaps for this team. So whether there's stats or not, we know what a big part of the offense he is. You've seen Payne have a big catch in Sunday's game. Coe gets a touchdown. Tell me about this unit and what they have come to mean to your offense. Yeah. um, Go back to chemistry. It's a great room. Um, They take a lot of pride in what they do. And they got this picture of like a big old truck, you know, in their, in their room. And this is just like, you know, this thing's going to run. Don't worry. It's going to start up. Tomorrow when we show up. It's going to be there. It, put a little gas in the tank. And, um, but they, they take on this, uh, this, this attitude and this mantra of this versatility, you know, and toughness. And that's really what they bring to us. And Kate has been, you know, really just that, that, you know, irreplaceable Swiss army knife for us in different ways in the pass game, in the run game, in the protection world. Um, and he just, he's a do it all kind of guy. And, and, you know, those guys, they never complain. They just come, you know, come to work and, um, and really just like great attitudes, bring a lot of life to the party, um, too, you know, in practice, especially like routes versus air, they come over with a bunch of juice and they're, they're excited to run the routes and do stuff. And it, it does, it just really, you know, affects our environment in a positive way. And I can't wait to throw those, try to throw those guys into the end zone when I can to see the celebration and, and really the whole group embrace them, you know, because as the tight end position really does bring the O-line and the skill, all that together. I love that. We're going to take one more break here on Buccaneers Total Access brought to you by Advent Health. We'll be back with more with Offensive Coordinator Dave Canales. This is Buccaneers Radio. 
Buccaneers Total Access with head coach Todd Bowles now continues. Brought to you by Advent Health. Welcome back into Buccaneers Total Access. Brought to you by Advent Health. We are joined by offensive coordinator Dave Canales. Um, I love the idea of getting to talk to you a little bit earlier in the season and then again now to hear for you in your first year in this role. What are the things that have maybe surprised you about the job or that you didn't expect when you came in? Um, I think probably you can't feel it until you're in this role and veteran coordinators on the defense and the offensive side have shared this with me is you're going to wake up thinking about it. <laughs> you're going to go to bed thinking about it yeah. all the way up to the game. And honestly, they've been so right. And I feel best once I get onto the field on game day, knowing the prep is in, these plays are in, just call the next one for the right given situation. Um, but I think that was a big surprise to me is just like, you know, the, the ownership and, and how it would affect me from an emotional standpoint, which, you know, going through the middle part of the season, you know, we're losing all these games and, um, and I had to remind myself during that time is we're all learning and where at times I could feel like this is all on me. This is all on me. I got to carry this weight. It's just not true. There is a group of wonderful men, but in particular, the, the staff, the offensive staff, the players, and all of us working so hard to make this dream that we have, this vision for our offense come to life, that when I remember that, when I remember also that I'm a part of this smaller story, and I truly believe, just to, from a spiritual standpoint, I truly believe that God is writing a bigger story. And I'm not saying that as a, you know, he's writing this story to make sure we have success. That's not even what I pray for. What I pray for is that we can, we can just grow daily and that we can hold each other with high regard, respect each other, love this great challenge that we have together, and then watch the story unfold. And as I'm overwhelmed with just the, the cool story in Baker Mayfield, the cool story in the post Brady Bucks, you know, and the cool story in Coach Bowles and what we have, what we're building here. So, I think um, really surprised by a lot of joy in the in the struggle. And then from a football standpoint, you know, just also surprised, you know, when you do when, you know, from the first kickoff on, man, just it's all about just calling the next play. And I don't have to overthink it. I don't have to try to, you know, chase great plays and try to make this impact. I just got to call things the guys know and they make it work. And it's so much about the players and it's so much about us putting them in a position to have success, putting them in a position to be able to play fast and confident, which always comes from their level of knowledge and comfort of what we're doing. So um, really just, and then the thing that I did know that wasn't a surprise, but I always look forward to is like every game day is like Christmas because we have these plays, but I don't know where the ball's going to go. Like, I hope it's this coverage. But, oh, shoot, you know, there goes Co in the flat. We got a touchdown, you know. Um, Just like you drew it up. <laughs> absolutely. And, and uh, you know, there's, um, you know, different run plays, you know. And here's Chase. And Chase reads it perfectly. And he comes out the other side for 10 yards, you know. And the surprise um, moments, you know, David Moore catching a six-yard stick route and taking it for 52. Like, the, the play was designed to get a first down. And then there he goes, you know, so those types of surprises I really enjoy. Um, I really look forward to that, you know, and, um, and really I, I look forward to, to the banter over the headset, you know, and, um, and the coaches, you know, feeding me information, you know, and, and kind of getting that live feed 
Um, and how much of this can I really use, you know, and how much of this do I just need to kind of jot down and keep that in mind and, um, and us growing as a staff communicating, you know, what's working, what's not working. Um, Coach Bowles and I going through different scenarios and Jackie upstairs chiming in on different um, situations, you know, to give us, give us the heads up on what's coming, you know, based on the time of the game or different things like that. So, um, there's a lot, you know, I, th- I think there's a lot to unpack with that question. It's a great question. Oh, thanks. So. <laughs> We're talking offensive coordinator Dave Canales. How about when you look back at early games to now in terms of the actual play calling and play design and things like that? What do you feel like are the biggest things you've already seen growth in in yourself? I think that probably evolving within a game and then halftime adjustments, those have become more fluid as we have answers, as I have more at my disposal. But I think that early on, especially like the first four weeks, and I know we were three and one at the time, I felt like I was a drive or two late hmm. on making adjustments, even starting with the Minnesota game and some of the things that they were doing, um, where now I feel like I have, um, it's just become, it's becoming a little bit more fluid for me to see, okay, this is how they're going to try to stop X, Y, Z here's what complements this. So those things are are coming to me and not just myself, but also the staff seeing these things. Hey, it's one of these games. Be ready for this, this or that. Um, emotionally, just understanding, like just, just do my job, do my job well and carry the weight that I'm supposed to. I don't have to carry everybody's pack, just carry mine, mm-hmm. you know, and, and the expectation that everyone else will carry theirs as well. And, and being able to, um, you know, to take that weight and that burden off of me that this is a group effort, you know, ultimately it comes on my shoulders, but at the same time, everyone trusting everyone to do their jobs. And I know now going against uh, the Saints, definitely a team that at least even though it's your first year, the organization at large, very familiar with the the group and you got the the rivalry and the industry matchup. Now it's going to be for the division championship. And what are the things that you feel like already looking back to that game or even just talking to everybody else around the building to know the things that this offense is going to have to focus on and accomplish to get you guys where you need to go on Sunday, knowing about their defense. Yeah, just knowing how important our run game is and to be able to find um, what those things are um, right now in the game plan process for sure, but then in the flow of the game, um, how they're playing us and just what a great opponent they are um, in preparation for a championship run. And everything is in front of us right here, but we need these games we need to play these tough opponents, especially in these divisional rivalry games where they're not going to quit. And it's going to be 60 minutes. It's going to be all 60 plus plays that we have in that game where we're going to have to be on it and our energy has to stay up. And we just got to take it one play at a time, one drive at a time and really execute in particularly against teams that really know you. Um, and I know I haven't been here very long, but they know some of our people. And they got a lot of film now at their disposal. So, um, you know, what a great opportunity is for us again to um, to really test us as we go into this uh, this championship division championship run that we're ahead of right now. And then, uh, you know, it's going to be New Year's Sunday, so I figured it's only appropriate to ask you for a New Year's resolution for the offense. Give me give me one or two if you were going to make one for either yourself or the offense as a whole. What would that be? New Year's resolution. Um, I would say just to finish, and that's that's been the that's been the key phrase for us uh, from the beginning, and uh, from the time I got here is, is 
to recommit, to continue to commit to finishing plays, finishing drives, finishing halves in critical situation, and ultimately finishing games on our terms, whether that's in a four-minute situation and we're trying to run the clock down and convert critical third downs, or whether it's in an end-of-game, two-minute, gotta-have-it to just do right longer. That would be my New Year's mantra, and it's I feel like it's something that we've done a really good job of this year and, um, and how, how important it's going to be going into the new year to finish this season off the way we want to. And then this last week in your press conference, you got a little emotional talking about how much you want to prove people right. Yeah. As you look at this, of uh, the pressure of having people put everyone's kind of jobs in, in someone's hand when they hire someone like this, um, what are the things that you feel like are going to be what you think makes them proud, that makes them right, if you were to look at it? Is what does that look like for you to say that, they, that you did that? Yeah, playing good complementary team football um, and making sure that what we show, what the film shows at the end of the year is what we said we were going to try to do. And to be dogged about that, to be committed to the run game, um, to be committed to the styles of plays and passes that we do, um, that it's being a man of my word, being men of our word um, on our offense, but to say, here's the product that we're shooting for, that we're aiming for. Because if we have something really clear about who we are and what we're becoming, then that helps for everything going into next season as well as we look for pieces to add, things to improve upon and all that, that we can all say, well, we know what it is so we can put specific pieces in places because we have an identity. And for me, you know, it's, it's, um, it's also just about someone taking a chance, you know, on a guy. And that's really why I got emotional is because Sometimes you just need one person to believe in you. And I think that, you know, you know, doing this interview and for all the for whoever listens, there was somebody who believed in you at some point in your life and gave you a shot. And to remember what that feels like and never lose that, never lose that wonder, never lose that excitement and that passion and never go past that to a place of entitlement to always remember but at some point all along the road, there was somebody who gave you that first shot, who really believed in you, starting back with our, with our parents or loved ones or whoever that was in your family who said, I, I see something in you that's special and I'm not going to allow you to settle for less. Um, and really just to make the Glazers, Jason Light, Coach Bowles, you know, the people who said, this is the guy we want to do it with, you know, to be able to do this football life with. Um, and to bring everything, you know, and that, and that's what put, that's what drives me. That's what gets me up in the morning. And then to know I got this staff and I got these players, um, that were so connected with each other, um, to be able to, to have that passion every day for each other, uh, shared this with the players last week, Bill Russell came and spoke to the Seahawks while I was there. One of the greatest players of all time. And so you would think that there would be some, some type of, you know, Championship mentality, leadership, he said, be kind. Be kind and be a great teammate. Wake up every day with your teammates in mind. And he, he was reframing kindness for me. It wasn't about being nice. It was about being kind to the guys that you play with. And sometimes the kindest thing you can do is to knock somebody on their back, you know, um, for your teammate, you know. And so just to, to pursue that type of commitment to each other, 
being kind and being a great teammate. Those are things that, um, that really mean a lot to me. That's great. Well, Coach, thank you so much for taking the time to talk with us, and uh, good luck this next Sunday. Thank you. All right, and that's going to do it for Buccaneers Total Access brought to you by Advent Health. This is Buccaneers Radio.